0: Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston, Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you.
1: Good morning, Mount Calvary Nation. Good morning. Our call to worship this morning will be from Acts chapter number 2. Since it is Pentecost Sunday, I don't see a scripture more fitting for this morning. Acts chapter number 2, beginning at verse 1 through 4. Can you please stand for the reading of this word? It reads, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house they were sitting They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And the Bible concludes, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this morning for call to worship, our prayer is just one thing. God, God, we claim your power this morning. In a world where everything seems to be going wrong, we need God's power. So this morning, before we jump into service and follow our, our order of service, we just want to pray for God's power this morning. God, this morning, before we ask you for anything, we thank you for everything. We thank you that last night was not our last night. And we thank you for letting us see this day that we'll never see again. God, we thank you for involving us in your plan and in your purpose because the truth is, God, you could have did today without us. But you saw fit that we were here. And so, God, this morning, we don't just sit on earth and take up space. God, we praise you and we thank you for your power. So, God, we ask that you do one thing in our time together. You do like the old folks say. Just throw your weight around for a little bit. Have your way in this place, God. We sent and we made a program, God, but if you see fit that we go another way, have your way. God, put your prayer on our pastor as he brings the state of the church address, God, as he speaks to the sheep and the shepherd gives instruction to us, God, and we will follow. And God, whatever the enemy has planned of whatever sheep does not plan to follow his word, God, I ask that you get rid of them. Because this is a pasture that follows a shepherd. So God, have your way in our time together. In the name of
2: Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, Mount Calvary. Come on, praise the Lord, Mount Calvary. Come on, let's just take a few moments and just lift the name of Jesus. Has he done anything for you? Hallelujah. Come on, shift the atmosphere. Come on, right there, right there. God, we thank you. God, we magnify you. God, we glorify you. We lift your name on high. Yes. Can we get on one accord for a moment? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We're just going to have a little devotion. Is that all right? Yes. We're going to have a little devotion. Is that all right? Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with praise and worship, but can we have a little devotion? Yeah. 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 Have you tried, Jesus? Right. Have you tried, Jesus? Come on. Right. Have you tried, Jesus? Right. Have you tried, Jesus? Right. Have you tried? Jesus? I Try- What is- Turn me around, turn me around, turn me around, turn me around, place my feet, place my feet, place my feet on silent ground. That's what is done, that's what is done, that's what is done, that's what is done. Come on. Be the rock, Jesus is the rock, Jesus is the rock. Blessed be, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock, Jesus is the rock, Jesus is the rock. Come on, put your hands. that alright? See if y'all remember it. You know we don't sing about heaven too much anymore. Hallelujah. But there's a song that says,
3: We ask you for anything, we want to thank you, God, for being our everything. Yes, Lord. Thank we thank you. recognize you as Lord of Lords, as King of Kings, our Lord of Savior. You are wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. We thank you, Father God, for our salvation you. through your Son Jesus the Christ. We thank you, Father God, for protection and provision. Thank you, Lord. You are indeed our need maker. Yes, right. We thank you, Father God, for the wonderful week of convocation celebration that we had, Father yes. God. Yes. We thank you that your holy presence was there, Father God. We thank you for Minister Chris, who took Bishop's vision, Father God, and ran with it. Yes. We thank you, Father God, for our bishop that you assigned to this vineyard bless him father god and his family and the angel you bless place be, beside him yes lord strengthen him when and where he is weak father god yes, lord. build him up when and where he is down yes, lord. bless father god the mount calvary nation individually and collectively yes, to be father god a blessing to others and yes, a light unto this dark world we lift you up right now, Father God. We, we, we ask that you, Father God, lift up the sick, the fi- afflicted, the lonely, the misunderstood, the mournful, Father God, those who suffer lack, those who are behind prison bars, Father God. We remember, Father God, what you said. What we do unto the least of these, our brethren, we do it unto you, Father God. Now, we ask, Father God, that you please... Continue to lead, guide, direct, correct, and protect us. This is our fervent prayer in the holy and matchless name of Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth. Now let the redeemed of the Lord say amen. amen. amen.
0: Bless the name of the Lord in this place today. All right, that was good for me. I said, bless the name of the Lord in this place today. Hallelujah. Our scripture for today uh, will be 2 Chronicles 20, um, chapter 20, verses 5 through 12. I'll give you a minute to turn there. Again, that's 2 Chronicles. And it says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? And gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name. Say, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple in your presence. For your name is in this temple. And cry out to you in our affliction. And you will hear and save. And now here are the people of Ammon. Moab and Mount Seir, whom you, whom pardon me, whom you would not let Israel invade when they come out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. That is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But, can y'all read that with me? Our eyes are upon you. Thus re- saith, pardon me, thus saith the reading of the word.
4: to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. You may be seated just before we do uh, the hymn of adoration. Let me just uh, say a couple of things, um, give a couple of observations, and then we will continue on with the program. Would you keep Brother Rick Moyer in your prayers? Um, He is in Grandview Hospital. Rick Moyer is in Grandview Hospital. Um, Also, uh, Sister Makita Walker is in uh, Sawing Hospital, if you would please keep her in your prayers as well. I do uh, also just want to make you aware that the church offices, uh, I think I told you last week, the church offices will be closed this week, coming up um, June 6th through the 10th. Um, they, need a, uh, they need a break after, after this past week. Um, If you have a ministerial emergency, uh, you can always contact the minister on call, and that will start the chain, that will start the ball rolling. Uh, That number, again, is 937-603-4126. 937-603-4126. But the offices will be closed this week. Um, Mrs. Betty Joseph. Is that you? I'm looking back on the back row. You got a birthday today? Yes, ma'am. Happy birthday. To you. Did she say I couldn't hear this? Okay, I didn't want to say it.
5: But happy birthday.
4: What a blessing. What a blessing you are to this church. Um, let's get ready to, to sing out. Oh yes, thank you. I did want to mention, uh, hopefully you got the one call the other day about the uh, small group Bible study sign-ups. Uh, the first group starts this week coming. Um, so you need, to, you need to go ahead and get signed up in the lobby. They will be after service, correct? Uh, you can sign up in person or with paper and or you can do it uh, on the church's website www.mountcalvarychurch.life that's m-t-c-a-l-v-a-r-y church.life and you can get signed up you can see all of the small groups that are being offered and, uh, and when they are and where they are and all that kind of stuff and you can get signed up we are hitting the ground running thank you guide me o thou great Jehovah pilgrim through this barren. land, I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Now, I know it has been an awful long time since we have sung this song. As a matter of fact, if you haven't been here in the last 15 years, you may have never heard it. It is really simple. The words will be here on the screen. If you need to fumble through it the first time, fumble through it, but don't let that discourage you. Come on and sing it with us, all right? If there was ever a time that we needed the guidance of our great Jehovah, that time is now, all right? Let's stand if you're able, and let's sing it together. the Lord comes back first we all are going to lay these earth suits down yeah.
5: Yeah.
4: and when we come to the verge of Jordan, when it yeah. comes time to yeah. cross over, yeah. what we want is the Lord to bid our anxious fears subside, to yeah. calm us down
5: yeah.
4: <laughs> and to bear us through the swelling current and land us safe on Canaan's side. Is that your prayer? Come on let's sing together When I pray. Word of glory. That's it. In, In
2: my anxious ears of God. time. Bear, Bear me through the
4: swelling current. Let, Let me stay for days. And here's inside. what we'll do. Come on.
5: Songs
4: of praises I will ever give to me. That's it. One more time. Songs of raises, I will ever have. give. To Bread me. of heaven, feed me. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Heaven, want no more. Amen. You may be see this.
6: Song. From 1984 to 2004, he maintained the position of worship pastor, where he was responsible for overseeing the music, ursher, greeter, and audio ministries of the church. He is an example of, of servant leadership, and as pastor, has become a voice to the church to uphold the standards of holiness. Many regard him as eloquent, compassionate, and practical leader, with a God-given gift for encouraging to the total man. As senior pastor of the 1000 member Mount Calvary Church in Dayton, Ohio, Pastor Winston's leadership is transforming lives and enhancing the community through the work of the men and ministries offered. As a compassionate advocate for the advancement of God's kingdom, he is committed to accomplishing, uh, excuse me, he is, he is committed to accomplishing God's agenda as both a leader and a laborer. Reaping a harvest of souls, under his leadership, the church has given out well over fifty thousand dollars in scholarships to deserving members who wish to further their education. He initiated Mount Calvary's community festival, which feeds thousands each year during Holy communication And most recently, Pastor Winston traveled to the youth, traveled with the youth, uh, on a domestic mission to personally deliver water and other resources to Flint, Michigan. The church also continues to support ministries and missionary efforts throughout the world. With Pastor Winston's leadership, the Mount Calvary Church continues to do great exploits for God. During his tenure, the church has purchased and renovated a new worship facility to the tune of over 1.2 million billion, all without debt. Using the vehicle of modern technology, he and Mount Calvary are now accessible worldwide through live streaming, with a viable Facebook presence, and through their weekly broadcast on DATV Spiritual Channel. Mount Calvary has become one of the most watched shows on DATV. Pastor Winston was educated at the Miami Valley School in Dayton, Ohio. After graduation, he attended the University of Rochester in Rochester, New York, and has a Bachelor's of Arts degree from the University of Dayton having double major in music and political science. As a visionary who is both inspiring and influential, his servant leadership is evident in the community as well. He serves as chairman of the board of Unks Place, a group home for children in the foster care system. He has also served on the board of the Miami Valley School. He served his state denomination work as a vice-moderator of the Western Union Baptist Association, and as a pres- vice president of the Ohio Baptist Congress of Christian Education. He is currently serving as president of the Ohio Baptist General Convention. He has also been recognized by Montgomery County Arts Work as an Opus Award nominee and by Edify Beta Sorority as a Heart of Go recipient and many others. Like many leaders before him, Pastor Winston is a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Incorporated. Pastor Winston is married to elect Ladyship Burks Winston. They have three children and many children of love. And I told you um, I kind of altered his bio a little bit. This is how I look at him. This is how a lot of people look at him. But we're in 2022. And I just wanted to share this with you. But one thing that I want you to remember It's not the characteristics of the achievements of our pastor, Samuel M. Winston, Jr. It's that he is a man of God called by God. Thank you.
4: Speaking to you. good news, having such good news. Can you believe it? We are already at the first Sunday in June of 2022. The Lord has kept us thus far, kept us through dangers, seen and unseen dangers. He has kept us and we are grateful. We're grateful. He has brought us to another Pentecost Sunday, Pentecost, which has become known as the birthday of the church that day when in Acts chapter 2, they were gathered in one place with one accord,
5: yes, Lord.
4: when suddenly there was a sound like rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house they were sitting in, and they saw what looked like tongues of fire. That sat on all of them and they began to speak in different languages as the Holy Spirit gave them what to say. But everybody who was there from all over, everybody, each of them heard them speaking in their own language. And they were talking about how wonderful God's works are. Y'all know the story. And on the birthday of the church, on this Pentecost Sunday, we come together as the Mount Calvary Nation the state of the church address to culminate our holy convocation and what a convocation it has been. Let me clarify. Holy convocation is not something that I thought up or made up. Neither is it an attempt to be somebody else. Charles Harrison Mason and the Kojiks did not start Holy Convocation.
5: Come on
4: now. You have to understand your Bible. Yes, sir. Pentecost did not start at Acts chapter two.
2: It was on
4: the day of Pentecost that Acts chapter two happened. God established Pentecost back in the Old Testament, the Feast of Weeks. He established it for His people to celebrate their early wheat harvest. The Lord gave the instructions back in. Leviticus chapter 23, and when he was explaining all the feast days to the children of Israel, he said for them to call a holy convocation, Mm -hmm. a time when everybody, more specifically at that time, all the males were to come together, a time when everybody is called together, when everybody is assembled to celebrate what God has done in their midst so on this Pentecost Sunday, we have called an assembly of the entire Mount Calvary Nation. And I'm glad to see those who are in the sanctuary. And I'm glad that there are those who are tuning in, watching all over the country and indeed around the world who are part of the Mount Calvary Nation. We have come together to celebrate the harvest, to celebrate what God has done and is doing in our midst That's why we come together for Holy Convocation each year, because that's what the Lord instructed. We've had a great time this week. The morning glory worship services, the evening services, the hour of power with Pastor Hubbard. We are so grateful to Christopher McClure, Minister McClure, and to all of those who have worked so diligently and faithfully to bring this week of convocation together. Minister McClure, would you stand? And everybody who has had any kind of assignment for this week, would you stand please so that we can recognize you all? God bless you. Job well done. Every year I recognize all of the leadership of this church, those who function in various capacities within the church to ensure that this church continues to operate with love, diversity, excellence, Prayer and integrity. They are the ones who help to keep this ship afloat. Amen. Through their dedicated leadership and faithful service, they, along with all the people whom they lead, help to make sure that the Mount Calvary family continues to transform lives to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. I will not call all the names this year, But if you serve in any sort of leadership capacity in the Mount Calvary Nation, would you stand and allow the congregation to recognize and thank you for your labor of love? Certainly we thank God for our leaders. There are a couple of very special recognitions that I would like to give this year as we prayerfully are on our way out of these three years of pandemic. When, the, when this COVID pandemic first started, when it first started to affect us and we had to prayerfully discern and decide what we would do as a congregation, There is a group of people that I call together to advise and to make recommendations. I call them the Pandemic Response Task Force. And they have indeed advised and helped us as a church to navigate these uncharted waters. The Bible says in Proverbs 11 that there is safety in a multitude of counselors. And let me publicly thank the response team for helping To keep us safe and for helping this pastor to lead this congregation through these times. Any members of the pandemic response team who are in the building, would you stand so that we can recognize you? Mr. Vita, Dr. Haywigs, Brother Sean, Ms. Hall, Brother uh, Sandifer, um, Dr. uh, Moncrief, Dr. Terry Moncrief, who is not. Um, a member of this church uh, but who has helped us out a great deal with her medical knowledge and expertise Uh, Sister Colbert um, Marquetta Colbert Am I leaving anybody else? I I think that's the team Uh, I really do appreciate your help in what has been a weighty time oh thank you Brother Clinton Colbert and what has been a weighty time for leaders anywhere. This leader wants to thank you for taking some of that weight. At the beginning of this pandemic, I asked the Lord to keep this congregation healthy and whole. I didn't stand as a prophet saying that none of us would get COVID stood as a pastor, asking the Lord to keep the people I lead from it. That was my prayer. That was my heart's desire. That none of us, not one of us, would get COVID-19. But that wasn't to be. And as we come today, we are certainly grateful for those who had the virus and survived. We are grateful that the Lord saw fit to heal you on this side. We're grateful that he allowed your days to roll on a little longer. Let's just take a second and thank God for his keeping But we must also thank God for those whom he saw fit to take home. We prayed, we fasted, we asked the Lord for them. But the Lord, at his appointed time, came and got those who had fought a good fight and finished their course and kept the faith. And so there is laid up for them a crown of righteousness. And not just for them, but the Bible says for all of us who love his appearing. We are thankful to God for all of them. And as we remember all the saints who have gone on in these last few years, I would just like to mention. We have been baptizing quite a few people here lately, uh, many of whom have joined us from our E congregation. And on one of those Sundays that we were baptizing somebody, I came into the sanctuary and I saw the platform rolled back, and I was reminded that a man by the name of Joe Norwood had crossed our paths. Without fanfare, And without title, without asking anything in return, Brother Joe Norwood put his time, his talent, and his treasure at the disposal of this church. He is the one who when we were struggling to roll this heavy platform back each month to baptize people, it was Brother Norwood who said, I can put that on a motor and you can move it with the touch of a button. And so, Brother MacGyver found
7: a hospital bed, he found a hospital
4: bed motor, and he engineered it so that now, anytime we want to baptize, all the deacons have to do is open the trap door, get the remote, and move the platform. I spoke with Mrs. Norwood last week and I got her permission because I want future generations to be inspired to service. I want those who come behind to know that Joe Norwood was here. And so this morning I would like to present this mounted plaque. I don't know if you all can see it, Uh, Brother Brother Percy has moved the flowers, but it says, dedicated in memory of Joe Norwood, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Let's thank God for Brother Norwood and let's encourage Mrs. Norwood and Ms. Tracy. Thank you all so much for sharing. There is one last uh, group of essential workers that I'd like to recognize today in this address who kept things going during this pandemic, they have had to figure out what running the day operation, day-to-day day operations of this church looks like in the face of a pandemic. Uh-huh. They have had to figure out pandemic ministry on the fly. They have had to learn new technologies and implement new ministry tools. They have had to figure out how to keep this congregation connected even though we were distanced. I am speaking of all of those essential workers here at Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church who kept working through the pandemic. When I call the group you belong to, would you stand? Let me see. My staff gave me. A Benevolence Ministry, Miss Sweetheart if you're here would you stand and anybody in your team uh, if you're online just do one of those hand uh, emojis put it in the comments so we know you're there. The Prayer Team led by Minister Christy Johnson and her entire team. The Intake Ministry led by Sister Kim Williams. Bible Education Ministries led by Elder Damone Scott. And all of the teachers who have taught online, bereavement ministries, who have uh, who have ministered to families who are dealing with grief and loss during this time. We had a faithful group of uh, of singers, Brother Jonathan, Miss Samantha, uh, Miss Kelly, uh, Miss Valerie, uh, the the uh, musicians every Sunday. the deacons. I am so proud to have these deacons serving with me. Brother Sandifer and his entire group. The facilities team led by Brother Sean and his entire group. The ministers. uh, Minister Linda Guy is the secretary of our ministerial alliance and all of the ministers. The Mountain Media team who has just been amazing. The Phoebe Ministry, who came in and made sure that everybody bat- were baptizing one household at a time, keeping everybody safe and clean, making sure that communion is ready. The Visitation Ministry, who kept on visiting uh, or sending cards and visiting virtually and by phone, those who are sick and shut in. And then certainly, I would be, I would be out of order if I did not mention the wonderful office staff oh, yeah. and administrative staff yeah. of the Mount Carmel Church. God bless all of you, essential workers. Um, we do have something for you. Just after service, you can stop by in the lobby and pick it up. We are probably going. Well, I don't know. We may not, Sister Spain. Uh, We might run out of bags. If we run out of bags, we will make sure that by next Sunday you have it. Uh, But we want to make sure that we just say, as a church family, thank you so much for your labor of love. I honor this morning the legacy of the great men of God on whose shoulders I stand. Those giants who have led the Mount Calvary Church during its 90 plus year history. I honor the memory of Reverend W.A. Banks, Reverend Henry Heath. I honor the memory of Reverend D.D. Mundy. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would like to see something. If you joined Mount Calvary under the leadership of Reverend Mundy, that was between 1940 and 1957. If you joined during those times under his leadership, would you stand? We want to see who you are. Wow. God bless you. Mount Carry, let's thank God for these pioneers. I must admit that I am most grateful, though, for my immediate predecessor, the one who taught me about God, about God's people, and about pastoring. I honor the memory of my late pastor, my father. He was Moses. I am Joshua. He was Elijah. I am Elisha. He was Paul. I am Timothy. None other than the Reverend S. M. Winston Seymour. And thank God for Mother Bobby Winston, who served this congregation as first lady for forty. Six years, God bless you. And who continues to serve this congregation. I was thinking about it. She joined this church in 1950 under Reverend Mundy. And she was something like 24 when she became the first lady of this church. And this October, she'll be 89. That's a lot of service. certainly honor the other members of my family, whom I am privileged to pastor and to work with. I don't say uh, much about them. I don't, I try not to, uh, I don't want to be biased, but this once a year, I think it's all right for me to say thank you. My administrative assistant, where are you? Deaconess McClure? Deaconess Natalie McClure, uh, who is my sister, and her husband, Deacon McClure. Where are you, Deacon McClure? Back on the back, she's working. Mrs. McClure's assistant, our other sister, Ms. Alani Spain, is she out there too? I don't know if any of my nieces or nephews are here. But I appreciate them. They're probably out there working too. Oh, (laughs) Minister McClure is one. Being second generation pastors' family is no no easy task. Two generations they've had to share with a whole lot of people. I have suggested to them that they might want to go and find another church so that they can be free to just be a part of a congregation without the pressures of being connected to the leader. But it doesn't, I understand and I get it and I'm grateful that they have chosen to stay and serve. I am certainly grateful For my in-laws, Deacon uh, Charles Burks and Sister Linda Burks, who offer support in so many ways. I also thank God for my children this morning. Samuel the third, whom everyone simply knows as Nate, our 17-year-old. I don't know where time has gone. Stand up, son, so they can see you. Many of you were praying for him when he was in his mother's womb when she was having such a hard time carrying him. Yeah. Amen. And then when he was born two months early and spent so much time in the NICU, you all prayed. And now he's about to be a senior in high school. Can you believe it? And our beautiful daughters, Parker Chanel, stand up, Parker, who is 12. Bailey Justine, stand up, Miss Bailey, who is 10. Children, thank you for sharing your parents and indeed your lives with an entire congregation of people. And thank you, just honestly, thank you for being such wonderful children. And to the love of my life, my gift of grace, my good thing, who keeps me sane and balanced, who runs our house well and who mothers our children and this congregation so faithfully, who in spite of her own health challenges, still manages to encourage everybody else and to listen to everybody else and to advise everybody else. To the elect lady of this house, Lady Chanel Winston, let's thank God for our elect lady. she didn't turn her name in because she didn't want to be recognized with the graduates. But I have the mic, so. (laughs) This year, she earned her second master's degree from the University of Dayton, a degree in theological studies, and we are so proud, so proud. So this is an address. This is uh, the culmination of our holy convocation, the state of the church address. This is the vehicle by which it is my privilege to address this congregation as to the spiritual and corporate conditions of this assembly. I don't take my pastoral responsibility lightly, and it is my pleasure to report to this congregation on the well-being of this church. I tell anyone who will listen, I pastor wonderful people. I am honored and I am humbled to have been called and commissioned by God to pastor the Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church for these last 17 years. Believe it or not, the fourth Sunday in September, it will be 18 years that we have been together as pastor and people. Again, I don't know where time has gone. And God has been good to
5: us. He has been gracious
4: and kind We have seen him work miracle after miracle. In these years, we've seen the Lord save hundreds of people. We have seen him heal the sick. We have seen him bring the dead back to life. We have seen him deliver people from sin and from addictions. We have seen the Lord in these years make ways out of no ways. We've seen him work financial miracles. We have seen him give us a new sanctuary debt-free. And with a pandemic in the rearview mirror, we can say that we have seen him bring us through some unprecedented times. Through many dangers, toils, and snares. We have already come. But it was grace that brought us Satan this far. And it's grace that will lead us home. There are a few issues in particular I need to touch on today in this address. And remember, this is an address. Visitors, I'm so glad that you've come, but you've come on somewhat of a different kind of Sunday. Uh, If you want to hear a sermon, you've got to come back next week. (laughs) But let me address us today. Number one, the Bobby J. Winston Community Center. Let me talk about that. If you recall, we started fundraising for this project and then the pandemic hit. And so we pressed pause on the project. The steering team had gotten together with the architect and with the general contractors, and we came up with a plan for the building, and we started trying to raise money for it. Um, and, uh, and Ms. Verletta Jackson is leading that effort. Uh, but Saints, I've got to tell you, pressing pause on that effort was, in my estimation, one of the best things that could have happened for us. And here's why I say it because while we had a good plan, I do not believe that it was a God plan.
5: Okay, okay. Okay. We are
4: planning on housing the Victory School in that
1: building, Mm -hmm.
4: an early childhood education center which will minister to underserved children up to age five, preparing them for kindergarten and to be lifelong learners. But saints, we had a design for classrooms (laughs) without windows. No. Classrooms that were not big enough for children to learn and play. Classrooms that were not conducive to children immersing themselves in the types of experiences that will lead to a love of learning. We were planning to build classrooms of the 1950s to serve children of the 2020s. Scientists and educators tell us that the physical classroom is the second teacher. That the spaces in which children learn are very important. They need natural light. They need space. Even the colors on the walls matter. And I am suggesting two things. Number one, we need to go back to the drawing board. We need to find an architect that specializes in early childhood education spaces and work with him or her to develop a space that these underserved children deserve. And then number two, at 46 I am the youngest person on the steering team and that should not be. I would like to ask for us to add some people to the team That's right. who will bring different perspectives, some millennials, some Generation Zers mm-hmm. to help push the envelope a little. We need some educators. We need some young people, some community servants who can help us to design and build for the good of this community and for the glory of God. If we're going to do this, let's do it right, and let's do it for God's glory. I'm sorry as the leader. I apologize that we've gotten this far, and I'm asking us to go back. But we've gotten this far, and I'm asking us to go back. Time is not on our side. We need to move on this quickly Speaking of young people, we need to get back into the swing of things with regards to youth and children's ministries. During the pandemic, we found it difficult to continue ministries to our young people. But as we dig out of this pandemic time, it is time for us to renew our commitment to the next generation. We are currently searching for a director of children's ministries. This is a part-time paid staff position whose job it will be to coordinate and oversee all of the church's ministries to children up to age. 11. Preferably, the the Lord will send or reveal his choice quickly so that he or she may begin planning and implementing effective children's ministry strategies. I've got to tell you, the bar has been set high. First with Miss Tracy Norwood, and then with Dr. Cookie, but we cannot rest on what has been. Let me tell you, one of the major factors in any family deciding to join a congregation is the consideration of what children's ministry looks like. Yesterday, I was at the uh, Ohio Baptist General Convention Gil, Young David and Children's Band Retreat and a young lady and her children came up to me and she said, Pastor, we've been following you online since the the pandemic started and we've been coming to the church lately and she said, I just have one question. Do you have children's Bible study or Sunday school? That's what parents want to know. I spoke with Minister Chris last week about getting the youth back involved in the life of the church. Listen, we are not lacking young people. There are about 150 youth aged 12 to 18 among us. But we have to provide the opportunities. We've got to provide the activities. We have to get them here so that we can teach them the word of God. So that we can disciple them and so that we can help them to fulfill their potential in God. We have to raise up and train the next generation and we must be intentional about it or we will be the last of Mount Calvary.
5: Number
4: three, let me talk about a strategic plan. Back in 2014 and 2015, We contracted with a strategic planning professional to help us as a church to discern and develop a strategic plan that would take us to 2020. Out of that plan came further development of this building, Out of that plan came our mission statement to transform lives, revealing the glory of God's kingdom. Out of that plan came our vision statement to be a community of spiritually mature believers, unified in Christ, speaking one language, the word of God, living one lifestyle, holiness. All that came out of that strategic plan. Uh, the, The core values of love and diversity and excellence and prayer and integrity y'all know it all of that came out of that plan the attention the intentional recruitment of the next generation of ministry leaders the addition of paid and volunteer staff to assist with the operations and ministry of the church the acquiring of the bowling alley uh, all of that came out of that plan but we have come to and through 2020 and many of the strategic goals were realized and some were not But it is time for us to look toward the future. And don't get me wrong, we are not trying to plan God out of his church. We just want to seek him so that we can write the vision and make it plain so we can run with it. It's time to get a team together. At our next church conference, we will begin assembling a team of people who will work together with me as the leader of this congregation to develop and propose a strategic plan that will take us to 2032 and beyond. This plan needs to include several things. One, it needs to include ministry strategies. We need to be planning for next-level ministries that will serve the changing and growing needs of this church and of the community in an ever-changing world and context. Ministry in 2022 and beyond does not and will not look like ministry in 1936 or 1956 or 1986, or 2006, or even 2016. The world is ever-changing, and while we serve a God who remains unchanged, the ways and methods of ministering to people must change to meet the need. There are only two options, family. Grow or die. The strategic plan must include financial strategy. We have had, in recent years, record-giving years, praise God. The introduction of electronic giving has revolutionized church offerings. And the Lord has blessed, and he continues to bless us, but it is our responsibility to be good stewards of those blessings. How the church allocates its financial resources is of utmost importance. And I gotta tell you, ministry is expensive. It takes money to help people. And then there are staffing costs. And there are administrative costs. Every time a light gets flipped on, it costs. Every time the heat comes on, it costs. When there's hot water in the bathrooms, it costs. Worship costs. Every time a musician sits on the instrument, it costs. Every time somebody gets behind the soundboard, it costs. Lighting costs. Having a pastor costs. And when you come into the sanctuary and you get on the church's free Wi-Fi, it ain't free. (laughs) It costs. Computers cost. Church is big business. We are a million-dollar corporation. And then there are savings to consider. Uh, The current budget team is working on an investment policy right now for the church because we are at the point where we need to be considering the day that is coming when finances are not flowing as freely. Y'all remember when, when Joseph had to tell Pharaoh in these seven years in these seven good years.
5: Yeah, yeah.
4: You better put something aside because there's going to be some years following. And we're going to need the extra from the seven good years. And saints, I've got to tell you as your prophetic pastor, it's that time. Yeah not only must there be ministry planning, not only must there be financial planning, but there must also be administrative planning as well, our policies and our procedures need to be defined and codified, our corporate structure needs to be cleaned up and it needs to be put on paper can we just have real frank conversation, we need a leadership succession plan we have been blessed here at Mount Calvary After 17 years, Pastor Mundy presented my father to the church and told them that he was to be the next pastor. Mm -hmm. And although there were some who did not agree, turns out the prophet was right. And Reverend Winston Sr. pastored for the next 46 years. Mm -hmm. And he stood and told the church that I would be the next pastor. Mm -hmm. And while there were a few that did not agree, it turns out that once again, God's prophet was right. Amen. And for almost 18 years, I have had the privilege of pastoring this church. This year, I'm proud. i become the, long, the second longest serving pastor that this church has had. But I got to tell you, saints, I'm only on assignment for a season. And if the Lord tarries, We are going to need another pastor after me. As of of 2019, the average pastor stays at one church for only four years. I'm already quadruple that. And I'll stay as long as the Lord has willed. But the time will come. When I must pass the baton on to the next person so that he can run his leg of the race. We need a strategic plan and it must include a succession plan. We must seek the Lord. We've got to discern what direction he has for us as a church. We have to seek him because we live in tumultuous times on the heels of the Buffalo massacre mm-hmm. and the Uvalde tragedy. Mm-hmm. Then last week, mm-hmm. when, I, when I must admit, I must admit, I was thinking, black people don't do that kind of stuff.
5: Right, right, right.
4: And then I turned on the radio yeah. only to hear that a man in Tulsa yeah. walked in a black man walked in and shot his surgeon and three other people. These are tough times. The average gas price just rose to an all-time high this week. These are tough times. All of our electric bill is going to give us sticker shock while we're running our air conditioners this summer. These are tough times. Republicans and Democrats are putting on a good show fighting about gun control when if history is any indication they'll make a lot of noise until we forget about it and then end up doing nothing again these are tumultuous times people are ready to kill each other over whether or not abortion should be legal these are tough times I was talking to Pastor PG yesterday as I was taking him back to the airport about some of the tough conversations that we are forced to have with our small children because of the way that our culture is changing conversations about sex and family, conversations about right and wrong and having to defend the Bible and our faith to our children like never before. These are difficult times and if the truth be told if the truth be told we don't know what to do. (laughs) that's our theme for convocation this year taken from 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 you remember the story let me tell you the story real quick and I promised you I'll be done. The Moabites, the Ammonites and they were accompanied by the Mayunites the children of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir they joined forces to make war on Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat gets the report that there's a huge force coming against you beyond the Dead Sea that's trying to fight you and when Jehoshaphat the king of Judah when he heard this the Bible says he was a He was shaken. It rattled him. It shook him. And so do you know what he did? He prayed. He called the fast for everybody. And he prayed. And let me say this. I know that everybody is jumping on this bandwagon that is discounting prayer as the first line of defense in our current cultural climate. I have been surprised and troubled to see so many pastors and so many church people posting on social media after the Uvalde shootings telling us don't pray or that prayer is not what's needed or that thoughts and prayers don't do anything for dead children. Well, I'll tell you this, prayer may not be all that's needed. But prayer is the first thing that's needed. How in the world can people who know the power of prayer discourage prayer? I mean, Christians, saints, pastors telling people that prayer is not what we need. Have we lost our minds? Yes, we need action from politicians Yes, we need to take a look at why somebody needs to carry around an AR-15 You ain't going hunting with that Yes, we need to focus on mental health issues as well But if we make any plans without prayer We are just wasting our time and setting ourselves up for failure Prayer changes things. Prayer changes people. And prayer will change us. Men are always to pray. Lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Y'all know what the Bible says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and y'all know what the Bible says pray without ceasing you know what the Bible says pray for those who are in authority so that you can live a quiet and peaceful life as a matter of fact can I tell you my testimony I'm only here because somebody (laughs) somebody pray I'm this is an address so you got to calm down Sam I'm only here because somebody prayed for me and I do have a sneaking suspicion but I am not the only one who's glad that somebody took the time and prayed for you I don't know about you but I'm so glad they prayed I'm so glad they prayed for me Jehoshaphat passed it and he prayed. And in his prayer, he displays so much, and I've I've taken a whole lot of time already. I wish I could delve into it, and I will one day, but it won't be today. But there are two things that I want to point out on my way to my seat. First of all, Jehoshaphat's prayer highlights the importance of a people's history. That's why I've taken so much time talking about it today. He says... Lord Jehovah God of our ancestors Come on now <laughs> Stop right there Yeah He starts his prayer with a recognition that God is the one who brought them this That's
5: far it. It. Yeah.
4: Our ancestors served you and you took care of That's them it. Verse 7 says, you drove out the people so they could have this land. You gave us what we have. You gave us the victory. You kept them. You fought for our ancestors. Saints, when we don't know what to do, it would behoove us to take a look, first of all, at our history. I know that the further we get from it, the less we appreciate it. I know that my generation and the generations after me have little respect and appreciation for what went on before we got here as if we started everything new. But we need to understand that it was only God that brought us this far. It was God who led 14 families to start this church. It was God who led Deacon Stroud to construct 649 golden Avenue. It was God who kept the church during tough when they had to burn trash and old shoes just to keep heat in the church. It was God who was with them even when they lost that church and had to get a little house on Lakeview Avenue to worship in. It was God who allowed them to get the church building back under Reverend Monday. It was God who brought my father safely back from the Navy just in time for Reverend Mundy to go home to be with the Lord. It was God who moved on the hearts of the people to follow Reverend Mundy's instructions. It was God who grew the congregation. God who gave us Third Street. God who allowed the saints to pay it off. God who showered this congregation with his presence. God who started baptizing the saints in the Holy Ghost. God who moved through Mount Calvary like a rushing mighty wind. God who filled the house God who continued to grow his church God who, met a, who let us outgrow third street and get over here without debt all I'm saying is know your history <laughs> <mumbles> stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod fell in the days when hope born had died yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers sighed. Yeah. We have come over a way that with tears has been watered.
2: Yeah. We have come, treading
4: our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Yet with a steady beat have yeah. out from the gloomy
2: past. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Here we stand. At last,
2: At last.
4: where the wide gleam of our bright star
5: yeah.
4: is cast yeah. know your history. 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 history that's why we pray yeah. God of our ancestors because we have a history Jehoshaphat continued in prayer our God will you not judge them
5: yeah.
4: we don't have any power to face this vast army that is attacking us we do not know what to do, no, no, no,
5: no, no. Right.
4: but our eyes are on you.
5: Yes.
4: Did you catch Jehoshaphat's honesty? Yeah. Let me tell you one more thing about it, and I'll let you go.
5: Uh,
4: our final point: not only is there a nod to their history, but the king gives away his second secret here. Here it is: humility.
0: Yes, Lord. All right, all right.
4: Mm. He says, "We don't know what to do. We don't
0: know.
4: We have no idea." All we know is that we are powerful against what is a, we are powerless against what is attacking us. Right. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's humility. That's a humble heart that God can exalt. Yeah.
5: Thank you, God. God deliver
4: the church from thinking that we know everything.
5: Yes, Lord. Yes. yes. Help us, Lord. I heard
4: T.D. Jakes say this once. Your greatest enemy is the arrogance of knowing. Sometimes your enemy is that you know too much. And there are times when we Christians are the worst. We think we know everything about everything. To listen to us talk, we talk like we always have all the answers. But let me tell you, saints, I'm learning. I am learning that sometimes we encounter some stuff that we have just not encountered before and really don't know what to do. When a virus that we can't see and don't understand stretches across the entire globe, we don't know what to do. When institutionalized racism continues to plague a country and we haven't been able to march it out we haven't been able to fight it out we haven't been able to sit it out we don't know what to do when our children tell us that they don't believe in the God that we serve or that the Bible is not the word of God we don't know what to do when our spouse starts acting like somebody we didn't marry we don't know what to do when the doctor comes in and says we've done all that we can do we don't don't know what to do, but I tell you this, the first thing we can do is admit, Lord, I don't know. But my eyes are on you. That's humility. The Bible says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient bearing with one another in love. Proverbs 11:22, with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 22, 4. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages, check this out. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Uh First Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore y'all know what it says. Under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. The Bible says he guides the humble in what is right and he teaches them his way. Proverbs 18, 12. Before destruction the heart of a man is haughty, but before honor is humility. Philippians 5 you know it already let this mind also have highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth and things under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father if we will be humble he'll show us what to do how this story ends the spirit of the Lord comes upon Jehaziel son of Zechariah and he stands up in the assembly after they have fasted and prayed and he said listen King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem this is what the Lord says don't be afraid don't be discouraged because of this big old army you see that's Winston translation for the battle is not yours but God's I know you're not a preacher I know you wouldn't call yourself a prophet but neither was Jehaziel he was just somebody that God used and he stood up in the assembly And he told them, don't be afraid. This ain't your battle. I know you're not a preacher. I know you're not a prophet. But if you don't mind being used by God, would you tell somebody this morning, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The battle is not yours, but God's. This cultural battle it's not yours the battle for your children it's not yours the battle for your finances it's not yours the the battle for your health the battle for your mind it's not yours but God's check this out he says you're gonna have to go you do have to show up to the battle Tomorrow, march down against them and you will see them you will, you will find them they will be climbing around by the pass of Ziz but don't worry because you gotta go to the battle but you won't have to fight in the battle I know that you're not a preacher, I understand that you're not a prophet but if you don't mind being used by God, would you touch somebody else and tell them you have to show up for the fight but you won't have to fight in this battle I'm so sorry (laughs) I'm trying my best to sound a dressy. but I've got to tell you there is a preach that has welled up inside of me I don't know what battle you're in today but I want to tell you you have to show up but you don't have to fight because this battle it's not yours it belongs to the Lord and so early the next morning Jehoshaphat got up and stood and said listen to me Judah and all Jerusalem have faith in your God and you'll be upheld have faith in his prophets and you will succeed and Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness and then he set the singers out in front of the army I know, I know that when we preach this we always say that God told them to go out and praise him but if you read the text there is nothing in the text that says they had an instruction to praise when Jehaziel gave them the instruction he just said go out and see the salvation but when Jehoshaphat tells his people he says I want the praisers out front God didn't have to make them praise God didn't have to tell them to praise God didn't have to give them instructions to praise Jehoshaphat said go out and because of who you are that's what you do what are you talking about Reuben here is what I'm saying these are the children of Judah Judah which just means praised these are the children who praise is on the inside so it doesn't take external to make them praise their god even in the face of the enemy even in the face of battle it's just who they are and when life pokes them praise is what comes out when life tries to get the best of them is what comes out. Because praise is not just what they do. Praise is who they are. Is there anybody here? It's not just what you do. Praise is who you are. So when the doctor says that's it, you praise the Lord. When the account says negative, you praise the Lord. When people talk about you, you praise the Lord. When stuff is right, you praise the Lord. When stuff is wrong, you praise the Lord. When he gives you what you want, you praise the Lord. And when he takes away, you still say, Blessed
2: be the name of the Lord. Is there anybody... Who's in the building today Is there
4: anybody Who's online today You just praise him Cause that's what's on the inside Ain't nobody gotta pump you Ain't nobody gotta prime you Ain't nobody gotta beg you Ain't nobody gotta tell you When I think of the goodness The goodness
2: of Jesus And all he's done for me My soul yes oh yes
4: I'm not going to beg you to do a thing I'm not going to instruct you to do a thing just think about what God has done for you what do you want to do for him oh
2: hallelujah
4: glory to his name
2: (laughs) hallelujah
4: thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Jesus. so the men the men who were singers. The artsy men. The artsy fartsy type. Not the soldiers. But the, I can say it because I'm a singer. The singers, not the fighters. The singing men went out in front of the went out in front of the soldiers. Went out in front of the fighters. And they started to sing. They said, praise the Lord. Lord.
2: They said, praise the Lord. Lord."
4: Go to the three. "Praise Praise the Lord.
2: They said, praise the Lord. For his mercy, enduring for ever. They go out
4: and they, they sing praise the Lord. They sing praise the Lord.
2: sing praise!
4: What was going on? This is, this is exactly. They said, "Praise praise the Lord.
2: They said, praise the Lord. exactly what was happening In Dora, for
4: And the Bible says while they were praising Him, while the praises of God were being lifted, while they were lifting His name on high, the enemies started to fight each other. And they won a battle that they didn't have to fight dare you to do what they did and go ahead and give the Lord some praise. The Lord had to remind me, the Lord had to remind me. Because I can I can be pretty quick to cut musicians. Y'all that's enough. I can be I can be pretty quick. And sometimes I get annoyed. when I say that's enough. And Isaiah keep playing. say that's enough and Tim keeps on hitting that symbol. and the Lord had to remind me you've been a musician and have to play while everybody else dance he had to remind me their instrument is what they have to play. if y'all feel like going on
1: just for 10 seconds I wish we could just act like he's done something all of us don't have the same story all of us haven't been through the same thing but there's no one in here that he hasn't done anything for now if he's done something for you sound like it yeah if he's done something for you sound like it sound like some people that he's done something for has he made a way out of no way has he opened some doors sound like it To God be the glory for the things that he has done we don't want to carry on with service and not at least extend to anybody who don't who does not know who this God is that we speak of the Bible is true in what it says it's that God so loved the world right he didn't just love the people that went to church he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but you can have everlasting life. He didn't send his son to the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. And we don't want to carry on with service without making sure that there's everybody that's here in attendance or online knows this God that we speak of. Pastor already said it with our theme for this year. There may be somebody that's watching that does not know what to do, but you need somebody to put your eyes upon. Them. And so we want to extend, maybe you're online watching and you don't know who this God is, you just scrolled upon us online. Send us a message and we'll make sure somebody gets to you. Do me a favor, y'all help me with a little participation. Look to somebody to your left or your right and say, are you saved? Are you saved? If they said anything other than yes, drag them on up here. We'll we'll ask for forgiveness later. The second call is this. Maybe you're already saved, but you need to come together with a body of believers. Anytime I get the chance, I already tell you that Mount Calvary isn't a perfect church, but we are a group of believers who love God. And that is our priority. The truth of the matter is Mount Calvary is just a puzzle. And if a puzzle has a quantity of 100 pieces, 99 won't complete it. maybe you're the missing piece that we need. And as badly as you need a church, this church needs you. Pastors already spoke of a strategic plan. And we cannot be the church that God has called us to be without you. Listen, the truth of the matter is there's something that I can do that you can't. But there's something that you can do that I can't either. And so we are a group of people with pros and cons. But where I lack, you pick up. So if you are called to be a part of this church We need you to be a part So maybe that's you watching online Maybe that's you in the congregation You just popped up here today You didn't know it was going to be this holy Sunday And everybody was going to be in suits But if you need to be a part of this church We need you If you're watching on Facebook Shoot us a message And we'll make sure somebody will get to you So that you can be where God has called you to be If there's no one let the church say amen. amen. Deacons, do you all have the elements for communion? Is there anybody that did not get your elements before we walked into the sanctuary? I got a few people back here. And then minister, God, you go ahead and come on for the covenant reading. The covenant reading is on the screen. We ask that you all stand for reading please pay attention to the parts of leader and then you all will read the leader will be minister of God this morning. Well because we stood up, we couldn't see the people that raised your hand. Can you lift them a little bit higher oh, Yeah, point to them, Miss Roletta. thank you.
7: to covenant with one another as one body in Christ.
5: We
8: engage, therefore,
5: by the aid of the Holy Spirit,
8: to walk together in Christian love, to strive for the advancement of this
7: church in knowledge, holiness, and comfort. To promote its prosperity and spirituality, to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines to to contribute cheerfully and and regularly
3: to the support of this ministry,
7: the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotion, to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances, to walk circumspectly in the world.
4: served who wishes to be. If you at home have your elements, we'll get ready to commune together. Let's pray and bless the elements. Father, we thank you for the elements that we're about to receive. Thank you for Jesus dying on the cross in our place because the wages of sin is still death and we have sinned against you death is what was required. And we thank you, Lord, for Jesus dying in our place. We give you praise for his body given, for his blood shed. Father, would you show us what's really going on more than just ritual, more than just something we do on the first Sunday's but at the very heart of everything we believe is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, this bread is my body given for you. Now take and eat all of it. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it to his disciples and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for the remission of sins. Now take and drink all of it. And we thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for Jesus Those church essential workers, don't forget to pick up your bag in the uh, in the vestibule in the lobby just after service. The deacons will be here. on un- Oh, um, look like you were a little long-winded today, Brother Sanford. One o'clock, okay. They'll be here for about another 30 minutes. If you want to come by uh, and, uh, and bring your offering or receive your elements, the vegans will be prepared to serve you in the, uh, in the parking lot. Brother Sandra, before you go out of here, would you come up here for just a moment? Minister Tara, you can come on and prepare to, uh, to close us out. I just want to say this publicly, sir. This man has worked and worked and worked and worked. A deacon is a servant in the Lord's church. And he is living up to lead servant. There is not one single thing I couldn't ask of him. And I just wanted the church to know publicly, behind the scenes, doing more than you will ever see, is this man and his team of faithful deacons. <laughs> and his wife. And, if, uh, and if, if you ever say, I said it, I'll deny it. I love you, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. All right.
5: Amen. All right. Come on, Minister mm-hmm. Amen.
4: Ministers, if you have communion to take out, if you haven't taken your communion out to the sick and shut-in yet, they can get them from where, Minister Guy? In the vestibule, in the lobby, they'll they'll be ready for you.
8: Let us stand for the benediction. Please remain seated after the benediction, and the ushers will dismiss you.
4: Uh, An iPhone 11 in the women's restroom. Please turn it in to the ladies that are sitting in the lobby. If you found an iPhone 11, a red iPhone 11 in the women's restroom, please turn it in. Thank you.
8: Everything we have belongs to God Amen, it's offering time Don't forget about offering We have three ways to give at Mount Calvary We have text to give 855-908-0710 Cash app Dollar sign M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C And we have Givelify Which is an app that you download Follow the instructions Tap, give, and you're done And the deacons will be in the back to Accept your envelopes at the end of service and once again, they will be here for an hour after service if you like to bring your offering to the church. They will be here for 30 minutes. Okay. If all hearts and minds are clear, let us be dismissed. Now to him that is able to keep us from falling and to present you faultless before his glory with exceeding joy. To the, one, to the wise and only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. Let the church say amen.
6: Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live. Thank you for your continued generosity. Your financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone, the Cash app, Or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.